Okay. So we have quite a few um, questions, and in many of these are expressions of, of gratitude and appreciation, which I'm glad to uh, to note. Um, I'm glad this this is working for you, and it's encouraging. First question. This uh, person has uh, experienced other teachers talking about embodiment, but it seems mostly they think through embodiment as opposed to what you suggest by establishing a relationship with bodily energy, sensing its presence of movement, cultivating receptivity. Where in the Pali canon is this found? Are the particular suttas? I found it helpful and supportive to my practice to read the teachings to an expression of thanks. Um, the word for this is kaya sankara um, in Pali, which is bodily, often translated as bodily formation, which is not that user-friendly a term. But you may have begun to realise when talk about mind having a form, and actually body has a subtle form, it's coarse physical form, anatomical form, which is relatively unchanging. There's an inner form, somatic form, which can be compressed, expansive, intensely raging, and really you can measure it in terms of elemental properties such as earth, solidity, caloricity, fire, um, motility, air, and cohesiveness, water. But this is a somatic inner experience, um, and it's intelligent. It's the it's your body intelligence. That's what knows how to walk, um, how to eat, how to breathe, and it does it when you're asleep. And it moderates that. You're always breathing at the same rate, so it's sensitive to conditions. It produces more breath, more energy, slows it down. Kaya Sankara. So um, sometimes this is translated in the Anapanasati Sutta as thoroughly sensitive to the entire body. Um, then one breathes in, one breathes out, calming the Kaya Sankara or soothing the bodily formation. One breathes in and breathes out. And you might very well have wondered what on earth is that? If you look to that, well, this is what we're talking about. Now, uh, in other, other places you'll see, I think in the uh, Chula Vedala Sutta, let's see what's that, Majima 42, 43, somewhere around there, uh, the nun Dhammadina talks about um, um, bodily formation is breathing in and breathing out, uh, which is synoptic and cryptic because it's true, but it's a little bit more than that, you know. Uh, breathing in, breathing out is the, you say it's the governor, the central governor, that's a constant. But there's also talk of unskillful bodily formation, which is to do with, for example, rage, where your bodily formation flares, it very much up, it goes, rushes up into the head. So rage, the head is affected primarily in negative sense, rage. A raging head when your bodily formation just really flies up into the head and 
intense there and other things. So, and then unskillful actions occur. So it talks about you know unskillful or demeritorious or you know it's the language I use bodily formation. Well, there's nothing meritorious about breathing. It's just what it is. But refers to when the somatic energy is channeled along these you know rage manipulation. There's definitely is a, is a somatic effect. You can't rage in a relaxed, open, spacious way. <laughs> you know, you can't brutalise people in an open, spacious way. You've got to harden it up, close it down and tighten it up. So this is called the demeritorious, unskillful bodily formation. And it's one of the three formations, bodily formation, chitta formation and verbal formation. And these three kind of synchronise. But the two basic ones, or involuntary ones, if you like, are the Kaya Sankara and Jitta Sankara. Jitta Sankara deals with being affected, being touched, affected, and responding. And again, it's skillful or unskillful. One can have responses that are unskillful, impulses, uh, and then they get locked, compulsive, addictive, corrupted, or steady, generous, benevolent, worthy formations, mental formations. And as I suggested, the mind or our awareness takes on a particular heart, takes on a particular recognisable form. Now, it's not a visual form, so you don't see it in terms of, but it's a sense of, you know, it's present. It's got, it's distinctly different from the manipulative, frightened, uh, raging mental form hmm? as a form. You know, in a sense, the energy is spread wide, it's it's open, it's bright, it's not tense, it's not knotted, it's not swirling. Um, and these two, somatic and jitta formations, very much mirror each other. And as we probably recognise, you know, the body or bodily formation is the basis of the emotions. When the bodily formation is intense, you get intense emotions. And so you can't govern it from the head down. Verbal formation deals with the way you think, the energy of thinking. And that definitely uh, is arising from the particular mm, emotional state. So um, these are three now. You know, I don't want to go on with it long, but basically it's not a lot of, that's it really, in the terms of the suttas. But they deal with other things such as devas and yakas and demons. And these are energetic beings, beings with different negative and positive energies that uh, uh, often entangle. Because we're not really sealed into these skin bags as a final statement. Our energies spill out. Obviously our minds are not located in space or time we can remember the past we can imagine going to india or japan you know we can remember that so we're not located in space or time um, the high energies are really non-geographical but they are karmically located that is our high energies are located in our karmic whirlpool our karmic vortex our karmic domain and the theme is if you begin to you know, meet the energies there using a the bodily basis, you can perhaps 
open out of, the car, of that karmic domain into liberation. Um, okay. Mm. Question or comments on my extraordinarily forensic precision. <laughs> um, I've not studied anatomy. I do, I do. I've done qigong for quite a period of time, but often the language of qigong is is the languages of Chinese or even Taoist language. Uh, I have occasionally done some craniosacral. I've never been a therapist, but I've had some craniosacral treatment, so I definitely know the experience. But the locating of it is something I've probably discovered. Look, just through field work. Though I'm not saying, you know, I'm not claiming it. I might have picked it up here and there the way one does, but I, I can't pin my, can't pin it down to any particular source. Next question: How do you use somatic presence as a focus for third and fourth foundations of mindfulness? Um, for people not familiar with the sutta, the third is um, one is mindful of citta. That's the third foundation. The fourth foundation is one is mindful, establishes mindfulness with reference to dhammas. So the first mindfulness with reference to establishes mindfulness with reference to citta, establishes mindfulness with reference to dhammas. And it's, um, you know, it's significant the last five or six, seven years or so, they've changed the translation to from foundation of mindfulness, which would indicate that you establish mindfulness from there to establishments of mindfulness. That is, you establish mindfulness and you place it there. You see what I mean? So, so the translation has slightly shifted the focus. You're mindful with reference to. So your mindfulness, how does that get established? Uh, in the first place, what's your first basis to be able to turn this quality towards chitta? Mm. Now, if you think about it, think about your mind that that's not mindfulness. It's, it's, a, it's a beginning, perhaps, just to say there's this feature, that feature. Now it's like this, now it's like that. This has a degree of usefulness to it. But to really... Um, liberate it and, and, and penetrate it then that property has to come that property that can penetrate with wisdom okay wisdom sounds very conceptual but with awareness full clear awareness where's where does that come from how do we know how are we aware of a mind affected by hate hate the hating mind doesn't I can't be aware of it. It's too busy hating. Uh, so the, the non-hate is aware of the hate. Right? That, so mindfulness is the non-hate is aware of the hate. And so now hatred is a particular energy to it. So does non-hate. So these these energetic references do give you something that's much more than just the theoretical perspective on hatred or craving or fear not just okay there's the fear I can see that mm -hmm. but really something that counteracts the pull of these mental effects right when the mind is affected by feeling oppressed weighed down burdened 
bereaved, yeah, grief-stricken, panic. It's not like, oh, that's grief-stricken, panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do that. You have to have something that stands. Yeah, the energy is not going into it. This is why it's this is the third foundation because uh, uh, why the first foundation is there. Why this is the third because you shouldn't really go into your mental effects until you've got the resources to to stand without just being tipped into them all the time or thinking about them, re-traumatizing yourself. You know, just spinning round in your old vortex. You have to someone that stands outside that. Now I'm suggesting. Um, my experience that that's what mindfulness immersed in the body awakens the somatic energy that feeds into the chitta because the two chitta and, and this internal body are sympathetic it provides the support where something in your heart is held steady even as you notice that flicker of irritation or that sense of compression and tightening up. Now that's so, in my experience, my encouragement is there's an energy there. It's not just theoretical, it's directly felt. You feel both stable, aware, with acknowledging there's some chaos here. But I'm not in it. I'm I'm standing next to it. I'm not in it. Um, so this is chitta, um, aware of chitta, and to not spend too long on this, the fourth foundation is pretty much the same. Aware of dhammas, that is uh, the pertinent phenomena to do with awakening. That's the hindrances and enlightenment factors. You you can sense their energetic effects. They spin you. They tangle you, they tangle your energy, or they brighten, and you can be in the presence of that, rather than just thinking it through in your head. Someone has a problem with insomnia, or an issue with insomnia, awake from two to four, a person doesn't take caffeine, very little alcohol, wakes at the same time each day, meditates, so and does all the seemingly right things, but doesn't seem to stop that or check that wakeful pattern. Well, it's, um, you know, I do, I don't know, but um, it seems energetic, something's out of phase there, perhaps. Although it's often, it's generally, you know, people we believe in the sort of eight hour dead as a log <laughs> sleep. Well, that's really been produced by the, the industrial age. <laughs> yeah. To knock people out because <laughs> you're totally shattered. <laughs> and you should have the eight hours. But no, no, generally there are, there are, at, least, there are at least two sleep periods during night so you generally get two or three hours and then your energy comes to the surface again you may very well wake up then or be half awake or light asleep and then you dip down again and so pre-mechanized age people maybe wake up two hours and have a chat 
you know, make love or whatever they do when they wake up, sleeping with somebody else, and then go back again. So I wouldn't fight it. If you feel okay, um, let it be. But you say it creates a lot of difficulties. Then uh, I would suggest you might do more things like qigong. Um, but that's that's all I can suggest, really. I wouldn't take medication if you can avoid it, if you can. Um, sorry, I can't say more, really, with confidence. Next question about standing meditation. When the mind gets still, awareness is 100% on the still standing whole body. I get a strong feeling reaction, almost unbearable. It says, stop this now. It's happened for years. But now my sense is to keep practicing working past this, perhaps build up minute by minute per day. Is this weird? (laughs) Do you have any comments? Um, Well, I wonder where that sense came from. Uh, It may be this wisdom there. Uh, And uh, if what is the experience of almost unbearable? Is it too much energy? One's bristling, you know, almost on fire, bristling, itchy, you feel compressed, you know, uh, uh, you feel like uh, sagging, you can't stand up, energy droops. Uh, these are recognizable energy patterns, and um, it's good to, depending on what the experience is, to cultivate the experience of space around you so the energy can diffuse. Um, if you're in the over-intense aspect of it. Um, If it's like you're feeling loss of ground, you feel shaky, then you want to draw your awareness down your back into your feet, sink your knees a little bit, bob a little bit. If you feel really tight and compressed, you want to maybe move slightly or experience the breathing, which is even flex slightly, depending on what makes it unbearable. Um, And so I certainly would um, be open and interested in can can this be moved through in due course of time. Whereas you can't push it, but you can, once you sense of maybe this could be the case, then that's good. Because something's saying, yeah, let's, let, I think we can you know, move a little bit on this one. Then you start to, so as I said, space around you, feeling too tight, compressed, feeling sinking, you know, wobbly, back, um, feeling rigid, you know, front of the body, breathing is softening the tissues, feeling a sense of softness in the tissues, um, slight movement, swing a little bit, if things get seem to be getting locked, and uh, without making a, a goal out of it, see if you can nudge past some of these, um, this, this block. Next questioner talks about when they did the past-future exercise, past and future were the same. 
and when I dropped into the present, felt a lot of grief, pain. They think I must have been creating my future from my past. Isn't healthy. It seems in large part to consist of coping to protect myself. I spent 30 minutes crying, but okay now, though feeling a bit lost. Yeah, well, if the future and the past are the same, that's, um, well, it's inaccurate. Or it's a sign of trapped. Or perhaps trapped is too strong, but um, what do I mean? I mean, the stream is no longer a stream, it's a block. It's, it's, a, it's a glacier. Yeah, it's not, no bubble, no flow. Yeah. Uh, so essentially the same pattern is being maintained, which in this case seems to be negative pattern, grief. And uh, so coping mechanism, yeah, that's what we do when we can't uh, manage or discharge difficult emotion, energy. We cope. And coping, by and large, means putting a case around it, case around the heart so it doesn't impact anymore. But of course, this does mean it's, it's stuck. And uh, heart is less less enabled because it's got a case around it, and the casing sort of seems to protect, but it also does basically uh, freeze dry the experience. So it's right it's, you haven't discharged it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, generally, it's around the uh, the chest. It's probably where the grief gets carried. Yeah. Uh, so if your chest, so when you start to open the chest, be across the top, this this can break the casing or soften the casing. Um, uh, abdomen is to do with fear. And, uh, it's a very powerful effect there. So opening that, you know, threat signals can arise and the head is to do with frustration rage if it's if it's shut down means we're trying to handle our suppressed indignation so when these areas open then these phenomena may very well arise Um, so person isn't actually asking for a solution which is good but uh, yeah, I think you understand. But feeling a bit lost, that's understandable because when you come out of a known established pattern, in a way, it's, it's disorienting. But it could also be the possibility to be somebody new, to not have to know who you are, to not be programmed as well as seeing, as hearing, as touching. Yeah, there's things I admire, there's an ethical orientation, start to reform around healthy bases, 
ethical orientation, sense of safety and warmth, kindness and goodwill, seeing, hearing, touching, I'm here, body here, and reset, let yourself reform in a healthier pattern. So, and uh, my best wishes, encouragement, this can take some time. Because the old patterns are very easy. It's very easy to go back into to the old coping closure. And you want to look at what kind of things cause you to do that and what it feels like. And see if you can, you know, allow yourself to be different, to not cope, even if you feel emotionally a bit rocky. Chaos, if handled, can be quite healthy, whereas order tends to kill you. Imposed order tends to kill the heart. And we're very keen on getting order so we can cope, do stuff, look sensible. <laughs> That's what retreats are for, you know, time to you know, not be sensible and feel that's okay. Um, question, person comments. Uh, yesterday I said something about not running out through the eyes. And that opened up, that instruction opened up a neither nor space that the person's been exploring, neither running outwards nor with it withdrawing inwards. It feels like a lively interface vibrantly suspended between these two currents and beyond them. It's not easy to sustain this lively edge of awareness as I tend towards flat blankness or dead virtual constructs gazing out there or get lost in floods of inner activations. person finds it useful sitting with their eyes gently open noticing how their eyes are now, this reflects the mind state. Mm. Glimpses of heart opening, receiving all this. Seems for a lot to explore in these eyes, heart, mind connections. I appreciate your I'd appreciate your reflections on this to help and deepen this understanding and opening. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a fine edge. To you know, I think you've. Uh, um, begun to enjoy that vibrantly suspended. <laughs> That's <sounds> lovely. <laughs> I'd like to be vibrantly suspended. <laughs> vibrantly suspended and opening up. That sounds wonderful. Uh, but naturally, it's 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 a it's a high wire act in some ways. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the default, of course, is to run out into the object or to run back into the subject. <laughs> you see what I mean? You run out into the scene or you go into the internal base of the thinking mind or the emotional mind. But there is that, just to acknowledge that. And and you'll probably find that just even operating and using visual, why visual is good, because you can, you know, you can, you can really work on the muscles around your eye sockets to 
see them tightening or loosening and, and try to the gentle steadiness around that and even the way that the iris of the eye the eye itself the pupil narrows and opens uh, you can kind of hold that to the as if you are looking at the horizon if you're looking over the ocean so again a, an imagination i'm looking for over the ocean which is uh, empty yeah but i'm interested in it now the the blank vacuity is not that's a near miss it may start out as blank vacuity but uh, um, if it feels like that then imagine the ocean is aware of you using that image so it's quite it gives the vibrancy to it I am here so it's kind of there's an internal subjective aspect to it but it's not yes it's not just going into mind consciousness now normally when we say external internal we talk about external senses eye ear nose tongue body and internal basis mind that's one way of looking at it but another way of using this is there's an internal to the mind so the external aspect of the mind is all the data yeah the internal aspect is the receptivity yeah that's behind all that now that's the bit that's alive that's awake that's the green stuff that's the where the green life is in that internal aspect of mind called chitta external aspect of mind manas manas and chitta chitta is the sensitive receptive and so that responds to feeling of perception so in a way we see not to look at the objects but to acknowledge the fact there's this marvelous experience of seeing occurring not the objects may not be marvelous but the ability to see to be touched by that consciousness is pretty phenomenal really and the right there in the feeling the seeing and then you've got something now sound perhaps it sounds a bit remote but feeling what it is to see imagine if you couldn't see and suddenly you, you've been born with no eyesight and suddenly you said oh okay here's some medicine now you can see you probably go mad with joy or fear wow shapes sight colors light now what's happening impact contact feeling touched right now you're not right? feeling impacted by that now when we are in that steady stabilized state body stable you know you, there's a gentle holding of the physicality of the eye so you definitely there's an embodied presence there that gives you that supportive stability you can you know be the feeling feeling the seeing and then that's quite vibrant 
and of course you know, that's bright like the jitter is 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 alert um, and in that alertness it doesn't bother with all the debris of mental accumulations the mana stuff normally the jitta is very much going to to all the thoughts that's what it's it's getting its messages from thoughts and ideas and memories and it's not that great really (laughs) they're harsh sometimes they're so fleeting so the jitta just to, to to open to seeing hearing it's a relief and it helps to to reset you know um, so instead of constant linking the most important thing that happens to me is thinking most important thing to have to me is mental stuff that's really that's where i am that's why it's so important oh goodness me what's so good about all that <laughs> oh it's distinctly dismal could it be that there could be something else you know and encouraging the jitta yes they could which you can do with your eyes you can do it with your body yeah. and then you can also you can begin to practice it towards jitta itself you're aware of the receptivity and this is this is joyful another person wishes to express their, their gratitude to myself and the retreat team Tanamodana. And some is asking, is Suchito's teaching schedule available, please? It's on my website. Imagine Suchito dot org. <laughs> but there's uh it's not not a lot of it's inked in yet. I've got something I'm doing something for, for London Insight if in the indeterminate future things go according to plan. I'm doing something hopefully carrying my flesh and bones along to London and uh, enjoying uh, physical presence. So that's in December. Um, otherwise, there are a few other things sketched in that I will get down there as, as they become more established. Hoping to do something in May, late May, early June. Um, and I'll, I'll get that down in the next week or so. Someone's just uh, how to develop samadhi? Is it by sustaining sati? Samadhi, uh, unification, or generally translated as concentration, or I like to call it consolidation. It means the mind is consolidated rather than fragmented. By sustaining sati, sati mindfulness. When I could stay focused on a dhamma talk and not be soaked into thoughts and memories, is this moment? Sati, mindfulness. Yes, it is. Yeah, essentially, um, by sustaining sati, by sustaining mindfulness, um, that's absolutely essential for right samadhi. So then you're... For sustaining sati, you want samasati, right mindfulness. Mindfulness based upon right view, which means uh, it's ethically oriented, it's sensitive to cause and effect. It has a straight view. It's not following 
weird ideas, it's actually following a sense. This is for purification. This is for knowing and clarity. It's not for psychic powers, not to do black magic, you know, <laughs> uh, because you can use the mind for a number of things. But this is for purification and for release. Your view is straight. You know? Having that basis in mind, one then uses Yoni Somani Sikara, which is major theme in this retreat to establish a particular theme so Yoni Somi Sikara you deeply attend what's going on for me now what's happening what seems important I think I'll stabilize my attention with breathing in breathing out yeah, that's good I can manage that if I can't manage it don't bother instead do walking do standing do metta so you can choose which particular where you want to, how you want to establish mindfulness. Um, so we're not just going through a theoretical um, rule book on, you know, you've got to do this. You do what you can in accordance with what you what's within your jitta's range. Sometimes perhaps you can't do anapanasati uh, because your mind isn't, energy is not in the right condition. Therefore, you might do the four postures: standing, walking, sitting. As, and lying down as I've sketched in, you're aware of those, until your sati using that has begun to clear, or the process has begun to clear obstructions. Now, this is really the aim of sati is to uh, clear, or the first aim is to clear the, the hindrances, so you know, and the negative effects, the obscurations, and uh, imbalances. So we choose something where the sati can hold on to. Sati bears something in mind. Uh, so you stay with that. By staying with that, you're not distracted by this, that, and the other. Sati has several properties. One is it it lingers. You stay with it. It's that ability to sustain. Second property, it repels that which is irrelevant. So it's a guard. Third property, it receives and drinks in the quality of that which one is bearing in mind. Okay? So it both repels or does not pick up the irrelevant, the negative, the afflictive, so it shields. Uh, it does attune to and pick up the qualities that one is choosing, such as breathing in and out, maybe. And then you can deepen into the experience of steadiness and calming and ease that that brings around. And it stays with it. So you get that it really takes time to get these qualities infused. You know, the, the energies, the happiness, the, you know, for the mind to really drink in um, a clear and skillful state. And, and then this leads to the Elimination of ill will, um, you know, you know, grudges, um, passions, fantasies, dullness, overexcitement, agitation, and speculative daydreaming and lack of confidence. So, and then when that's when those are cleared, we call this samadhi. Mind is now not scattered, not broken, not twisted. It's nice, steady. It has a nice, steady, even form, mental form. And that will be experienced as some as happy, like a certain bright 
tone to it and uh, suffusive. It's not got a hard edge to it. It's like softly suffusive. You know, and when that's present, one's jitta is sort of attracted and held with that so much it begins to drop its affiliation to thought. So well, don't bother with that. So your thinking mind slows down because your mind, your chitta is not interested in it. That's just you know, I want to be with this. So thinking slows down, or is just that which is necessary. They say if you're listening to a Dhamma talk, this is a possibility for all the enlightenment factors can come online. How wonderful! <laughs> but. To keep them online when the talk finishes, that's the practice. <laughs> that's what you have to do. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to make this perhaps the last one. How to deal with overactive chitta. Uh, slightest amount of stress or sense stimuli doesn't want to experience. The way the jitter responds to what it doesn't want to experience is out of proportion. In other words, when it's over over sensitive to negative impressions, well, jitter is very much almost exaggerated sensitivity. Similar to anxiety or excitement, unpleasant effect, which feels like there is simply too much energy there. I can sometimes diffuse it by contemplating the element of space and spaciousness, but jitter doesn't always fully engage in those energies. How to work with that? Is patient endurance the only solution? Mm. Well, patience is certainly part of it, but endurance sounds a bit stoical. Um, uh, it's a caring. Patience is also has got a caring quality to it. One is patient with one's infant because one cares. Uh, one is patient with one's mind because one cares. Chitta sometimes is like a a, a, a a dog, you know. It just scampers around, scurry, scurry, scurry. You know, starts yapping when a car goes by. Starts yapping away because somebody's tapping in the door. He shut up, will you? <laughs> you know, somebody walks in, he goes frantic, wags his tail, jumps up and down on the person, puts his paws on there on their skirt or something. <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> Chitter's going to be like a dog. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> what do you do about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it takes time. It takes time. And certainly embodiment helps just to ground, feel those energies and feel them almost rock going into your tissues, into your nerves, into your feet. It's your wide focus that's also embodied. It does help to create a little bit of ballast so the jitter isn't just like a wild little puppy. It's got it's a bit more gravity there. And care, you know, caring for it. You know, just... Let's go down into your feet now. Your knees are not excited. Your feet are definitely not excited. Why don't you stay down there for a while? <laughs> or at least connect to that, connect to the ground. And space may be, may be not what you need. Maybe it's ground that you need.
attitude it needs to give it that gravity. Okay. Someone asked me about this incident, Bihar bandits. How do I deal with the fear of getting my head cut off? Um, well, I've asked this so many times. <laughs> Any tips in a similar encounter? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't go walking through jungles in India. <laughs> That's my tip. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I think I tried to explain it. You know, it's the inevitable, well, you have one choice, which is fearlessness. And, uh, you know, when the chips are down, I think, and you think about it, you, I can't do that. But when you've got no other choice, you can either struggle and panic, and it suddenly finds there's a, there's a non-fear place, and it goes to that. Oh, here we are. This moment. Here we are. Open, open energy. That's it for the questions for this particular period. Um, thank you for your questions, and um, you know, I mean, my responses uh, or probably might have some immediate effect but I hope they at least encourage you to keep practicing. The effects may not be immediate, but I may be giving you some leads to follow that will bear fruit for you in due course of time. And I certainly sincerely hope so. so thank you for your questions.